You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. I'm Susanna Graham. I was a research associate at university until July. I'm currently a full-time mum, as well as training to be a counsellor. I've got three children, aged eight, six and three. Okay, welcome to Mother of All Solutions at the end of December 2020. I'm delighted to be interviewing Dr. Susanna Graham for the podcast today. I've known Susanna for a while, but it's going to be fascinating to delve a bit deeper into her recent changes and also some of her career interests and stories and how she's worked through that with her family. So hi, Susanna. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me on here. No, it's great. It's great to see you on Zoom for a a kind of professional chat, not just a friendship parenting chat so this is lovely it's a bit strange over zoom zoom oh yes for listeners who've um been tuning into the first episode with antonia it's via zoom obviously everybody is still stuck in the zoom world but we're embracing it as best we can so for listeners benefits susanna and i have known each other oh my goodness for quite a number of years now um you came to study in newcastle university where i'm from and we had mutual friends and then it just worked out that people stayed in touch and you guys are friends with my brother as well and we've become really good friends I know which is nice right we're good friends yeah I was trying to work it out how long it was and it's, it's yeah it must be about 15 years or something like that it must be yeah, yeah thinking back. At least, so as as I've mentioned with other people yeah. I've interviewed who I've known for a while it's nice because I know some of their story but it's also nice because I don't know the ins and outs and the details of necessarily all the kind of work processes and career journeys that people have been through. So it's really interesting to probe. Um, Obviously, you heard Susanna's intro at the beginning, but I'm going to ask Susanna to start by just telling us a little bit more about herself, what she does, her setup, where she is. So over to you, Susanna. Um, yeah, so yeah, I said on my um, little bio, so I was a research associate at university and um, so I came to live in Cambridge, um, came to do my PhD and then stayed on um, doing postdocs. Um, so yeah, I live in Cambridge with um, Sam, uh, my husband and three kids um, who are eight, six and three now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I gave up my job in July, and I'm now full-time mum, um, I guess, currently, um, but also doing a training a diploma course in counselling. Fab. I mean, yeah, there's a lot to unpick there, isn't there? So tell us a bit about your intro, and you've just reinforced that message now. You left your job in July. Yeah. Previous listeners to the mini-series will have heard Antonia talk about being furloughed. Tell us a little bit uh-huh. about the process that led you to leaving your job in July because it's a different process so tell us the the basics even if Um, not the full detail the full details um I think it was definitely exacerbated by lockdown Mm -hmm. so suddenly in March I was at home with three kids schooling them um and yeah and also trying to continue do my job um but I had struggled for quite a while of mixing work and life 
three kids. So it was definitely something I thought about resigning before. And unfortunately, kind of felt a bit like I was getting into a bit of a groove with it all. Okay. And then lockdown happened and it just felt a bit like the nail in the coffin for not being able to manage it. Um, So yeah, when lockdown hit, so Sam um, self-employed and did used to do lots of traveling, um, doing conferences abroad stuff, suddenly that income stream had gone. So, and with him being the main earner, it felt important to, you know, to mm-hmm. give him the time to focus on his advice as a family financially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't, we'd be screwed. Um, so I sort of stepped back and then I just found it was like, it was so all consuming mm. having the kids at home all the time. Yeah. And then the trying to get back into work again, I needed to sort of um, ramp up and I just didn't really feel like I had it Wait, in me to do it really at that point. I'm sure there's lots of people listening who completely empathise for a start. So yeah, I mean, even listening, it's not that far in the distant past. You know, it was yeah. July and obviously we went into lockdown initially in March, so it's not that long ago but yeah that initial I mean we're all still exhausted right I'm not going to deny <laughs> we're not exhausted but that initial <laughs> bit of that shock of like all of a sudden schools closed and yeah. I've got two kids you've got three so you've got one more to deal with at home yeah um, it was just exhausting so it's no surprise that you couldn't necessarily ramp up again so I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of empathy there there's empathy from me and I'm sure there's a lot of empathy from other people but I'm sure there's lots of people also like listening and you know there's been reports in the press around women have had to take a step back from yeah. careers and this has exacerbated things the pandemic and how women have you know had more pressures in lots of ways juggling yeah. working from home and increased household responsibility and childcare and homeschooling and everything bundled together so it's there so you're a live example of it yeah, rather than just me reading articles in the press which is why I thought yeah. it was really interesting to kind of record it um so let's just take a step back a weeny bit so you've been working in a university environment how mm. how would you be in, you said you just kind of got into a groove before the pandemic what was that sort of groove like yeah um well so I'd gone so it, I mean it's been different with the with the different kids so I had you know originally I was working full-time and then had Reuben and I went back, I hadn't finished my PhD when I had my eldest child okay. and went back and did four days a week. And then after my second, I did three days a week. And then with my third, I did two days over three school days. Okay. So he went to a childminder. And so it was, it was hard. It was just, it was a hard juggle. Mm. I think I went two part-time anyway. And I think I was talking about this, earlier someone's like if I had a job where I had to go to work and there were set things I had to do mm. I think it would have been a lot easier but because you know I was coming up with my own projects and you know writing papers and it's all sort of creative it was quite hard to get into it um the sort of boundaries so of, it was yeah were different yeah mm. yeah completely so it it had always felt a struggle and felt much more so after each subsequent child. Mm. Um, But yeah, before the pandemic, then I had two in school. So Dottie had started, she was in reception. Zeb went to a childminder and I had those three school days where I worked and it wasn't enough. And I was already sort of struggling with it, but it was just sort of 
coping, I guess. Well, they often say... And then lockdown came. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, couldn't cope. Yeah, yeah again, empathy all around. <laughs> I mean, I think that issue you bring up as well, which I hadn't necessarily thought we were going to talk about, but you emphasising that even in your part-time hours, you couldn't necessarily get enough work done. I think that's very yeah. true, isn't it? You know, you often might get a reduced day commitment, but you might not necessarily always get reduced workload within those days or you just necessarily or expectations I think as well it's like people still so I had a postdoc which was then you know was taking a lot longer because I'd had lots of maternity leaves Mm -hmm. and working part-time but you know this is meant to be a career launching time yeah yeah. in your sort of profession in academia and doing that part-time is really tricky you know like meant to be going to conferences the networking output of networking yeah yeah and yeah so that was just hard anyway yeah yeah that is hard isn't it and again I I didn't necessarily think we would talk about that but reflecting on some of my experiences yeah keeping those networks alive whilst you've got two little ones that you're running around after is quite hard so yeah yeah. developing a career throughout okay so then you had lockdown you had the kids at home bit of homeschooling how was the school with that did you get things sent home that you had to do or was it quite loose it was quite flexible we had um yeah we had an email each week like with things that you could there was a lot on it but they were like just do what you want we had a lovely supportive teacher for Ruben who was year three just being like honestly do what you can it's um so it was good but it was like even with I think this is something which I I have been reflecting on as well that even as the kids are getting older you think Mm. it might get easier but like even with Ruben was in year three like he wouldn't just sit and do any work egging him on yeah yeah yeah. on them yeah Yeah, egging it on so we Mm. we were quite flexible with the there's a lot of outdoor learning no no no, play we did the same (laughs) so in that period then of March to July up until you actually officially resigning in July you're still working yeah. from home, obviously not to full capacity. Or had what conversations did you yeah. have with your managers at that time? So I said with my manager to start at the beginning of lockdown, I said, I just can't do anything for a few weeks because Sam's got to work out what he's going to do. Um, and I just can't fit yeah. anything in um, with the kids at the moment. So I didn't do anything and then started trying. To Once you got yeah, into, so did you, at that point, did you and Sam got into a bit of a, obviously different couples manage things differently, but had you got into like, yeah. almost like a bit of a rhythm of a timetable or anything? Cause... I don't think we ever, we didn't really ever get into a particular rhythm. I think that was when mm. I decided that I can't, Yay. I don't have this in me to, to ramp yeah. up. I'd sort of as well, I'd got to a point where I just, finished part of my project when lockdown started so I needed to be starting new energy and new yeah it. a new energy and yeah I yeah. just was out of <laughs> out of energy no 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 for it. completely and how was you so we've talked about the school kids doing a little bit of flexible learning at home a little bit of outdoor stuff yeah. and just general survival what about your yeah. little one what about Zeb <laughs> what was he up to at this point <laughs> he, he just joined <laughs> he just in <laughs> and um yeah it was so we did lots of going for cycle rides and yeah mm. little trips down to the river and then yeah I used to try and do one thing with one kid while yeah, the okay. played and sort of tagged I'm it sure. so yeah. yeah mostly he just he just played with one or all, all together but yeah it felt a lot of like sort of zonal <laughs> management of <laughs> like keeping them <laughs> or like doing I remember doing yeah two bits of 
I don't know, some school tasks with Dottie and yeah. some with Ruben whilst doing some kind of craft thing yeah, was there. Yeah. But the, like it felt a lot of, ju- yeah, a lot of juggling. I'm sure lots of parents with three kids listening to this going, yeah, yeah, I know how you've got to <laughs> like do the two, one kind of vibe yeah. at the time. Yeah. So how did how did it feel then coming up to that point of resigning? Was it like giving you like really sort of sleepless moments or were you quite like, look, I know I'm acknowledging this. I know it's not healthy. It's not working. Yeah. Did you feel quite like, did you own your decision or was it a very fraught decision? No, it's taken me quite a while to own mm. it, I think. Um, and I feel I'm there now. I found it really hard mm. at the time. Um, I knew it was the right decision. Mm. And I knew I'd got to the point where there weren't really any other options, but it didn't necessarily feel like a decision I wanted Mm. to make, if that that makes sense. I was quite conflicted about it. And you picked on before about, you know, the news at the time. I remember reading Mm. a Guardian article like the day I had a call Mm. saying I was going to resign of like all these women um yeah taking a step back yeah, from yeah. work and I felt very conflicted about that as well being like well look you know I'm another one who's oh. who's doing this yeah. and yeah it didn't feel didn't really feel fair yeah I guess but it wasn't just lockdown it was you know it'd been a long time coming mm. in the decisions that we'd made over parenting and work and lots yeah, of factors but, at play within it but a push yeah obviously the pandemic a push. Push. it did it felt yeah complete it was absolutely a push mm. and I did wonder you know I should have maybe have asked to be furloughed mm. that wasn't something that was really advertised as an option no, for no. and I you know that probably should I felt like that should have been a discussion that had that realistically it wasn't possible yeah to work and it's so I mean I think the furloughing and when you get to listen to the episodes Antonia and I talk about her experiences but I think there's so much detail around it that's some people were worried about being furloughed in case they then were up for redundancies later on you know that kind of absence and not being visible for a period of time and so didn't want to be furloughed others like I'm a bit like you I wasn't furloughed but there are times when I was thinking I just need to be furloughed I just need to know that I can concentrate yeah. on one thing um yeah but if it didn't happen there was then pressure and angst and yeah it's so complicated and then obviously a lot of the sectors that predominantly have been employing women are the ones that are dipping um now so that kind yeah. of economic slump for women is is very lived at the minute so there's a lot going on so yeah it's it's with a heavy head and a heavy heart isn't it a lot of this stuff but where you're at now you're doing positive things you said you're training to be a counsellor is that right Suze tell us a bit more about that yeah Mm. yeah and I mean and that was one of the reasons as well why yeah that forced my not that fed into my decision Mm. to resign so I'd already started um doing that before lock just before lockdown Mm. actually so I'd already been having these thoughts about that I wasn't going to carry on in academia um that Mm. you know I didn't feel that my future was probably there a lot of it because it was so competitive and I didn't feel like I'd been yeah doing what I needed to do to make it and also that Mm. I just wasn't enjoying it like I was Mm. um so I'd started the counseling training and yeah I didn't think I'd be able to continue my initial plan was to do that alongside my job and then when 
it was clear that school wasn't going to be opening properly, probably, mm. and there'd be kids going off ill and stuff. I was like, there's no way. Yeah, this isn't over. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nursery wasn't doing after school provision and school, after school provision was yeah, all gone. Yeah. So it just wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, so I um, started doing level three now. So I do that all day on a Monday. Okay. Zeb goes to nursery Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. So I have Monday doing a course. And then do the work from that on a Tuesday and um, and on a Wednesday morning as well, having the therapy that I do as part, part of, of the, the requirements. Um, yeah. course, mm. so that's on the Wednesdays. So that takes up all the nursery time. But yeah, I really enjoy it. it. Yeah, um, no, it sounds... And it feels feels great. And how long will that take you to complete that level three? What's the... So it's this year and next year. So it'll be... So it's level three this year, level four uh, next year, where I'll do placements okay. as well. Um, and Zeb will start school in September. So hopefully that'll fit in and being able to do my placement hours and, and it, things it, yeah and it does sound like you're enjoying time. it so it's it's sounding yeah yeah really it feels it feels right and it feels very you know it's very nurturing as well and very great mm. for you like all your own self-development mm. and you know thinking through a lot of I said it took me quite a while to come to terms with having resigned you know a lot of that is processing yeah. that with yeah. all the self-development that you do in the counseling and thinking about all those issues so mm. yeah really enjoying it no it's interesting you pick up there's two words that I want to pick up on a bit is one is nurturing which you've said around the counseling and the mm. second was competitive when you talked about leaving yeah. academia do you uh-huh. feel just now you've reflected and known yourself a bit better although that sounds a bit yeah <laughs> uh, that <laughs> no, your, <laughs> your yeah. personality type is much more suited to that giving developing nurturing setting and context yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, And I think, you know, it's counselling is very much about, you know, individuals, about people. And, you know, I I realised that in the time I was working and juggling the kids, like there had been absolutely no me time at all that had just completely any sort of self-care. Yeah. Completely, (laughs) completely gone. And so... Yeah, I was completely running on empty. Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah, time is still definitely a juggle, but it feels like the counselling is something that it gives, you know, you think you're, you're giving to other people, but it's also giving to you. And it does just feel much, yeah, much more gentle, mm. I guess. And yeah, I think academia is, is very competitive. It is very, you know, outcome driven. driven yeah. And um mm. Yeah, probably not as much space for for family either, really. No, it's interesting. I know there's various networks around HE and parenting, and I'm sure there's lots of not just mums but parents listening that kind of will hear what you're saying and, and feel in a similar way, like they want to care about it and wanted to develop their research and their ideas and produce and publish, but just trying to to manage that I wonder obviously we don't need to go too much into it because I think it's really good that you've put some sort of closure on that but do you think there's almost things that could be done in that sector that you'd want to say now yeah I've talked about this with with friends I think it's really hard because you know university have put put in things places um you know I got a returning carers um award so I got money to help me with my research when I came back so there are these things in place but I still almost feel like you've got to decide 
what's your pri- what your priorities going okay. to be and I think I had subconsciously decided that family was my priority or or that it just became yeah. that yeah. and I think to make to make it work in academia I probably would have had to have worked full time yeah. and been yeah. this is my this is my focus this is what I'm going to mm-hmm. do and make that my priority and put that focus yeah. in because mm. you do have all the flexibility, like flexible working and everything, which is yeah. great. But it's still like you do still have to do the yeah, work. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> and, and also in a be way that visible. Flex- yeah, absolutely. So be visible, mm. but also that flexibility almost, even though it's great, it just you have mm. so you have to be so much more disciplined in that flexibility. Yeah. And I think one thing with with kids, and one thing I hadn't said as well is that before lockdown, like Sam used to work away. Yeah, yeah you mentioned he travelled. Yeah. So I was, so I was directly, you know, I didn't have somebody to lean on for pickups yeah, yeah. or anything like that when he was away. Yeah, and you've not got family um, nearby, so it's not like you could ask a, a grandparent to do it. Yeah, and the kids do just sort of eat into that time. Mm. Like when they're poorly, yes, you can take the yeah. time off, but when are you meant to make up yeah. that time? When you're already running on empty, um, then you're like. <laughs> I've been yeah, up completely. three, four times in the night, and then I've still got to get my headspace into this energy and the other day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you have got the flexible working. I think, I think really, it's got to be that it is as likely for men and women to work part time, mm. and it's as likely for them to be looking after sick kids yeah. and. You know, if you have that equality, maybe it works. And yeah, well, let's talk a bit about that yeah. because I think that's that's interesting. Um, obviously, we've known each other, and you've been a good parenting ally, I would say, Susanna. To me, like you've given me, like especially as Ruben's a bit older than hand me downs, always welcome. But you know, just a bit of like a reality, good reality checks on things. You know, if the kids aren't doing whatever you know you think they're meant to be doing understanding that no it's normal that they don't all go asleep at like seven and eat everything you put on the table and it's fine Laura you're doing good (laughs) you're doing good they're still alive (laughs) so obviously I I know how you are as a parent which is fantastic you've got three great kids so I'm feeling a bit emotional talking about your kids (laughs) but they they are are lovely lovely. Uh, testament to you and Sam so let's talk a bit about because you've picked up on that equality in parenting and work and early on in this interview you talked about the decision that you know Sam as a self-employed and professional needed to work out what he was doing and have the time to sort of I know this word gets used a lot but pivot and see how his work was going to go and you yeah like allowed that as he was the higher earner and again in my house Nat's the higher earner so you know I make decisions around him that benefit our family financially but then obviously there's aspects that come into that that you're always the one doing the pickups especially as Sam was away so there's a very practical reason why you had that added pressure so let's pick up on that because you know things I've listened to around work and parenting around like leadership and being developing your leadership potential and your visibility and dual career couples and making it work it all sounds fantastic but I think it's very hard to do that so you mentioned about part-time working I wondered maybe we could talk a little bit about some thoughts on that like I know the four-day working week has been presented as something that could be an option for everyone not just parents even people that want to pursue voluntary work hobbies studies what do you think around that like if say parents took on both parents having a reduced working 
week rather than one being the full-time breadwinner and one being the flexible part-timer and you know like how do you think things like that could help yeah I mean seeing it with friends I've got a couple of friends who have done Mm. that and it does seem that that works I think they went into that though that they both had quite similar salaries and earning potential at that time so it worked Mm. I think it's tricky when I mean I definitely think that you need you need to both be doing the parenting and working to make it to make both careers be able to work but I think it's I don't think you can know I think it's different for every setup Mm. like it depends on the kids it depends on on the the adults I mean because that's what I've wanted I I think it's just what I had assumed is that is what's going to happen and you know my before having Ruben a completely naive of you know the kids would just slot in you know I was going to finish my PhD when he napped like I just hadn't factored in that the child wouldn't nap or sleep (laughs) like it was all gonna it's all gonna be fine if he slept um but then you know I took a year Mm. and I was going to take eight months maternity leave but then I just decided there was no way I was going to function because he wasn't sleeping at all so took a year and then suddenly you've already set up all those parenting norms in that year Or the norms, yeah. yeah, in that year. And so I think you need, and shared parental leave wasn't around when I had Reuben, mm. but, you know, I think it needs to be right from the start, really, yeah, that yeah. you can't you can't come in later. Mm. Um, obviously, you can improve things, mm. but I think in an ideal world, yeah, for four days, but also to have more support yeah, around, yeah. like, to have yeah. an affordability of childcare is something yeah, it's a massive thing. that we haven't talked about, that mm. we, we didn't have enough, childcare to cover my hours necessarily all the mm. way through because it was so expensive it becomes a bit piecemeal as and, well doesn't it and mm. also I, mm. yeah and also you know I wanted that time yeah, yeah. with the kids when they're little and that's something I felt conflicted about as well mm. that I didn't want to not have those precious early years with the yeah, kids yeah. yeah I didn't want my career to have to stop as well like so, <laughs> I did want to have it all I know Sue, this I is our big question can we have it all <laughs> probably not no but we can work around it. Uh, yeah I think you have to choose your priority mm. yeah you have to choose your priorities and that's what I feel like I've owned now is that mm. you know well I I did so I think I went to part-time mm. okay for work yeah. but I'm really pleased that I had that time mm. with the kids and I think it's been beneficial for for me and us as a family so I guess that was where my my focus yeah. went but it meant I couldn't have mm. it all Mm. But there's also something about your story, which is that not being scared of change, which I think is quite powerful. You know, the fact that obviously it was a push through the pandemic, but you'd been thinking about it, building up to it. And eventually in July, you did say this isn't right. What else can there be? Which is something that's quite brave. Um, You know, I'm sure there's lots of listeners thinking I've been feeling similarly, similarly, I can't say that word, Um, having similar thoughts about my yeah. career and my balance and my juggle um so yeah I think not being scared of change but yeah how do you get the time to do it as well is really hard right to kind of root into it and at least now as you've said Zeb's at nursery when you can do your new studies and you can yeah. build up to it and begin to root yourself in something new so it's exciting and I think mm. I think that was important for me as well I think thinking about resigning is that even though it'd been on the cards for a while, I felt like I needed to have something that I was leaving yeah, for, yeah. that I wasn't 
I didn't feel comfortable just giving up and being a full-time mum, even though I think that would have been fine. I felt like there needed to be a story of, oh, this is what I'm going to do next. This is your journey. Um, So that, this is my, yeah, Mm. and that really helped, I Mm. think, for for me personally. Yeah, you had a plan. I had a a vague plan. No, yeah, you had a plan, Suze, you had a plan. (laughs) No, it's really good, no, it's really good. So how's the future feeling then? You've got this next, finishing this year of studies, obviously we've still got the inevitability of school closures, nursery closures, not just for short-term you know, COVID cases for potentially yeah. losing revenue, not being able to reopen, you, yeah. you know, who knows what yeah. the next six months plus, but let's skip ahead a bit. Let's say summer 2021. Yeah. What's the future looking like for you and your family then? What's now you mentioned Sam and him being self-employed is his new business rooted yeah. again as well. Are you kind of feeling together quite confident? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's, yeah everything seemed to be going virtual I mean we don't know we've got Brexit COVID (laughs) lots of Sam's income cuts so yeah it could go any direction we yeah we don't know Mm. but we're fortunate at the moment that everything's Mm. um yeah okay so yeah we've got yeah just quite a lot of flexibility that Mm. we could move yeah we could move um so that's a you know somewhere else in the country it's quite exciting um I've got another year of the course but I could do that somewhere else as well and then, yeah, trying to just keep flexible, yeah. really. Um, so Sam's flexible. I want to make sure that whatever I do, I'm flexible, work around, family, kids. Um, and then, yeah, try and figure out childcare yeah. that works. Yep. I don't quite know what that will look like. Some kind of, yeah, after school mm. nanny um, for days which I'm working. Yeah later I don't yeah I don't really know yeah. but I hope we can figure it out I'm sure it out I'm sure somewhere. it will Suze I'm sure you'll within your own sort of network of your friends and providers that you've got to know over the years of having your kids where you yeah. are I'm sure you'll bring it together no it's been amazing like because obviously as I said we've known each other we've been friends for a long time now but like hearing some of that decision making process is is really really good and I'm sure it's provided either food for thought or actual genuine practical support for listeners so I'm sure everyone will appreciate hearing it so just to end any new year's resolutions Suze um try not to really have any I think I think yeah yeah just don't really know what the future holds and trying to just I think you know I have used to have been trying to plan things and I don't think you really can particularly especially now um but just see where see where things go You've been listening to The Mother of All Solutions with me, Laura Broderick, and my guest, Dr. Susanna Graham. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Stay well, everyone. Take care. You've been listening to The Mother of All Solutions. The Mother of All Solutions is produced and hosted by Laura Broderick and edited by me, Owen Wainhouse. Music for this episode was specially commissioned and produced by Roz Fraser.